Hello everyone, happy new year. Welcome to another year, 2024 of the NBL News Podcast. Joined by Jackson for another year of action. Jackson, how's it going? I like that um that rhyme you did there. Very um, nice. Um, as we are recording this, Aiden is yet again. You know we've tried we've tried for so many weeks. Um, you know this we we tried to get him on today, but um this storm that is currently happening in the background, um you know internet connection it didn't quite work out. Um, but but you know Next we're week. trying we're trying here. Okay, there's our, hope. Our resolution is to have Aiden on. More often, <laughs> he's a busy man. He is, um, but we we get through it. Two man show, a uh, lot happening this week uh, in this past round. Um, let's get stuck into it. And I'm gonna say, we talked about last week how the Perth Melbourne game was the game of the year. Well, this Tassie New Zealand game, not too far behind it. Unreal game, um, from two teams that. One team has been really out of form, as we've seen Tassie, they've lost four, now four of their last five, and New Zealand, I think they've maybe won four of their last five. Yeah, they've won four in a row. So, two different sides coming into this game. I think we both predicted New Zealand to win this one, and um, that was a sensational game, and that game just showed us that New Zealand are the real deal now, with everyone back healthy, McDowell, White, Cheatham, they're not even playing full minutes at the moment either. Um yeah, this this they could make a real heavy push now, and 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 you can have a decent regular season, but come playoff time, if they're in fine form, if they're in more form than a team like Tassie, we saw last season they beat them in that three game series because they were running with extra form going into the end of the regular season. Um, if New Zealand keep this up, hey, they could they could uh, see themselves in another grand final, honestly. But uh, what a game that was! Went down to the wire couple of interesting calls for sure either way but um that's just, just the nbl at this point it's what you expect in games like that um and knowing tassie they're, they're such a tough team to beat they're like the perth wildcats now where the perth wildcats of the 2010s where it's impossible to beat them at home but this year as you mentioned just before he's hit, hit record jackson they were they are currently four and five at home the jack jumpers and um, they just lost all this form. I mean, they were missing Magne and Majok Deng this game, and we were forced to watch some Jared Bearsdale minutes. But um, <laughs> what, what did you think of this game, especially the, the Jack Jumpers that are out of form at the moment? Well, it shows that Tassie, they heavily rely on Crawford a lot. If Doyle's not going, they, they heavily rely on Crawford, and Crawford had zero points and like seven shots at halftime. Or was it three quarter? No, it was halftime. And, you know, he had two chances at the end there to tie the game up and then just went into fouls and nothing really happened at the end. And it was like Sean McDonald was wide open in the corner who, shout out, not related, but we share the same last name. Um, he had a really good game for Tassie. But um, he, he had him wide open. Uh, didn't decide to pass to the hot man. He took two shots. Both didn't go in. Both didn't even look like going in. And Tassie lost. Um, what what I will say about New Zealand, though, is that this four-game win streak has been heavily impacted by um, them starting Rubstavistrius 
if that's how I pronounce oh it God. correctly. It's Mantis Nostalgius. Thank you. He's been exceptionally good on offense this past four games. Like ever since he's come into the starting five, like it's they've been a completely different team on that side of the ball. And um and and also defensively, like his length adds a whole lot, his athleticism adds a whole lot. And he's quietly just turned himself into I want to say like a top three next star. What are you like, going to say? Pick for <laughs> no, 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 not top three pick. No chance. No, he's he's the second best but next like, star in the league. You could even argue right now. Uh, I think maybe Olgan or someone put this out as well, but um, he's the next star that has got to be the most influential to playoff team yes. right now. Like yes, yes obviously Alex Star Alex Star is projected number one pick because he's three years younger than Rubstavich. He's seven foot one, um, and he's got so many elite tools. But um, Rubstavich right now. What what he brings, he's a pro. Like he's he reminds me of uh when Jessup was at the Hawks. Like he's he's basically a fourth import for the Breakers right now. Um he's just so pro ready. And um he's he's the key. And the reason the breakers were um not getting as many wins as in the middle part of the start middle part is because he was he was injured, Mantis and um now that he's fully healthy, you bring cheat him and I don't think Lamb and Cheatham played. Lamb came in after Cheatham got injured, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Or no, like, before. Before. before uh, but it was Lamb, like, Lamb replaced Jessup. Yeah, the, they um, didn't get NBA much games. Game and then Cheatham, yeah. Cheatham got injured, I want to say, like their second game back. Yeah. So, yeah. So they barely play with each other. So yeah. you get that three import trio that is potential of being the best trio. You could argue them being the best trio in the league right now, even though we're seeing a little bit of Cheatham. Um, with this, with these other two guys, but, um, like they, they, you bring McDowell White back to full health, they are going to be a really tough team to beat the Breakers. And a quick note on the on the commentary: Can we stop saying Rubes the Vicious and it's Rubes Stavages, Montes Rubes Get it right, because uh, this kid is going to be, uh, he's going to be in the NBA next year. I reckon. Like he's he's yeah. he's a pro. He's I, I don't know if he'll get drafted, but I see him at least on a on a two-way sort of deal or maybe, um, look, at least drafted in um, like what Travis is on right now. But um, he's he's just so ready. He's just so pro-level ready. And um, as I said, he's like that fourth import. But shout-out to, to your man, McDonald, as well, uh, Sean McDonald. Um, that's probably the best DP performance in NBL history. Um, I'm, I know or we, Travis in that semi-final game. In Travis, Europe. I think. It, um, I can't think back many. I I remember Mason like Peatling had a. He didn't yeah. have like that, stat that numbers, year, but he the, had a really good the season. COVID year when there was only ten spots and yeah, Peatling was a starting was starting on that championship team as a DP and Liafa I think had like a twenty point game as well. Twenty, I think he had a twenty eight point game. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe that game, but um. Like McDonald should not be a, he's not a DP, but he, he it's it's funny how the the contract of a, a development player now works. Like as I, I was gonna say, like in the two thousand tens the NBL, early two thousand tens, I don't know when it was introduced. I think it was I have no idea when development player deals were introduced. I wanna say Well, it's been a thing for a while. Like yeah. CJ Bruton was a DP at Perth. Oh, okay. So it's been a thing for oh, a while, but it hasn't been used effectively. Yeah. Right, yeah. So and, and the rules over time have changed. Like DPs now earn more money, and they're that, able to be playing in games without injuries and stuff. Yeah, so. in the 2010 season, like you, 
like didn't like these guys weren't getting minutes as development players. I mean, sure at that time you had a lot of players like Nathan Sobey was a development player at camps. McDowell White was a development player at Sydney. Like some of the best players, some of the best locals in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, quite at Cairns as well. Yeah, um, he's I think he was an injury replacement, but either way, like right, okay, most of these like star local players in the league. I mean, Chris Goulding in the early 2000s, who was a DP, like some of the best local players currently in the NBL went through that development player system. And I'm not saying Sean McDonald has got to be that, but I think that 21 season also changed it with Travis, Peetling, Liafa, all those guys as development players had to step up in their roles. And um, because of that year alone, I feel like that development player sort of um, roster spot means a lot now as, as we've seen him like mcdonald as a, as a development player um who's this who's the second best in the league at the moment i'm trying michael to harris yeah Perth. michael harris yep yeah he gets a lot of uh, minutes who else gets like who gets solid minutes like campbell blog used to get a few at melbourne united um yeah anzac rosetto currently just out of injuries is getting minutes for south east melbourne and even not the guys that aren't getting minutes you look at um Russell Nance and Clarice Amir that no one has absolutely yeah. talked about this year because they haven't stayed court time. Like these guys and, uh, have NBA scouts, you know, looking at them in high school the last couple of years in the US. Um, they both played high school in the US and now they're signed as DP players. So um, this... And another guy who I will mention because he's been injured and he played a whole lot last season for Sydney is Jackson McCoy. He represents South Sudan and qualifiers. He is a very, very good guard. Like he's got really good defensive intangibles and he's got a really good um, offensive game as well, Riley but he just Bales hasn't played well, due to injuries. Yeah. Yeah. as well. Like the, the, the development player means so much in this league now. It's so good to see. So shout out to Sean McDonald, uh, eight threes. I think it was in that game, seven threes, um, yep. 23 points, but surely that's like, a record for DPs as well. Uh, I think it was. was. Oh, right. maybe. I don't know. Liafa did have a big game a couple of years ago, but, um, yeah, that game alone, I'm, I want to continue about the breakers. I also got that win start of the round against Brisbane. Um, like where where do you personally see them heading as a team? As I said, like with everyone healthy, they could, in the right time, of if everyone's back healthy, they're going to be a grand final. They're potentially being a grand final team again. So I don't know if you see that as well. Well, all that matters is that they get into the top six, whether it's fourth, fifth, sixth, Second, who who cares? As long as you get into that top six, you are bound to have a good opportunity to make the grand final series. Like we look at Perth last year, nobody predicted them to beat Southeast Melbourne. They were the sixth seed, right? And then they were able to beat them. Yes, they didn't beat Cairns, but they were able to beat them. They were able to give them a chance to get into a semi final series against was it Sit? Would yeah, it Sydney, 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 I think. So um, like the playing element just adds so much. And I think New Zealand are the type of team that can really get on a roll. Like, we haven't even seen their best yet. Like, it's really only been Parker Jackson Cartwright and Anthony Lamb in a few select games that have really, you know, clawed them way into victory. But we haven't seen them all running well at the same time. So they, they can be a... They can be a very good finals team. And we haven't even seen Will McDowell-White at his best this year. Yeah, I mean, you even you look at the, the ladder right now, like third to even Brisbane, if you want it, ninth. Like, it is is so tight. Like, only a, a game or two separates most of these teams. And um, 
it's got to be an exciting finish. And th this is why I love the top six, the play-in, because a team like New Zealand that had such a rough start to the year, they're now showing they can be a true contender in this league um, because they're back fully healthy. So I love this play-in format. Gives, just gives that more energy, um, gives more fans, I guess, more hope. Because um, you look at that top four and it may... People saying it's pretty well set throughout the season with Melbourne, Perth, Sydney, Tassie. But um, look, anything can happen at fifth and sixth spot. The way Tassie's playing, New Zealand, if they have to play Phoenix or New Zealand, whoever finishes up below them, you know, who knows what could happen. So really interesting finish. Early eight games for most teams now, which is surprising. It's it's gone through, gone through quick. But um, the other thing I want to talk about, I think the main thing was, was Gary Brown. Uh, the news, the was it the, the Phoenix and Bullets game? Yeah, uh, on Brisbane game. That was a pretty ordinary game in itself. This was probably the most exciting thing from it, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Gary Brown, absolute brain fade, gets um hit by a big old screen by Aaron Baines, and decides to get up, give him a hit, and then bang, punch right in the guts. Well, I think it was right. In the chest, kind it, of it was ribs, chest. That oh, swing though. That arm was yeah. that arm was cocked back quite a bit. Uh, straight ejection, sayonara. Um, great call to, to give that straight ejection, but still, a one thousand five hundred and fifty dollar fine he accepted on the early guilty plea. Um, zero games for a straight ejection. That was a swing punch. Uh. That absolutely shocked me, um, considering the suspensions. It's ironic against Baines as well, how he gets, uh, some say still it's fair that he gets five games for, you know, what, ha what, ex you know, what transpired. Um, but you can't punch a guy, get ejected straight from, no, like, tech foul, it's like straight ejection off the bat and mm. not get at least a game. I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know who – it's very difficult here in the NBL to understand who makes the decision because sometimes it's Basketball Australia. If it happens in the game, it can be the NBL. So it it's as, – as a fan like myself, it's hard to, to comprehend who actually makes these decisions. And most of the time when we see it, it's like a single-member tribunal. So that's something the NBL needs to improve on is to be more public about these sort of decisions, about these tribunal hearings and um, – because that decision doesn't sit right with me. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, well, let, let's cast our mind back to two years ago, and I'm waiting for this to happen. I tweeted about it the other day. I'm waiting for the NBL to realise their mistake like they did with Matt Hodgson two seasons ago. And my lights just went out. Great. Um, so you remember Matt Hodgson played for the Wildcats at the time, played in Sydney, and he slapped DJ Vasiljevich twice, and he was handed, I want to say... A two-game suspension, but only it was one game. And then the NBL, after like two days, quickly realized, oh, it should be more. So they upped it to two in like two straight. And I think there was like a third suspended. And um, and I'm just waiting for the NBL to realize it's like, oh, this guy needs to be suspended. Because like you compare that to that and it's like, well, Gary Brown punched a guy. Hodgson just did an open arm shove. Like what? What's worse? Um, well, Hodgson did slap Vasilievich twice in the face. Yeah, is... I know. No, no. But like, but, 
but a punt, a closed yeah, fist. Yeah, a full close. Yeah, um, it deserves at least a game, uh, yeah. for sure. But what, what's what's been some other suspensions of recent times? I'm trying to think in my head because obviously I think of bands besides been... like gambling stuff. Um, <laughs> it's like on court. I'm trying to think on court stuff. Um, yeah. I can't think, especially we see coaches. I think Buford, that one game because of so many incidents he did. Um, yeah, but that was a bit on and off court. Yeah, like, that wasn't just specifically on court. Um, like I Corey Webster was off last... court. Um, I can't think of on court yeah. the last five years of a player getting. A, um, I'm swe- there's probably people yelling at us right now. Like besides like, Hodgson. Like I'm I think of to like think one that pops to my mind is, um, I don't know if you remember the Cairns Perth series. It was like 2017 final series, and yeah. import by the name of Tony Mitchell. I think his name was for Cairns. At the end of the game three, like you know, end of the game, he chucks the ball at the ref, and I think he got suspended for like a year, and obviously yeah. he didn't return yeah. to the NBA the year that. after. Um, mm-hmm. But that's that's still like after a game. Um. Obviously, you said the Hodgson incident. Did Peatling get a game for for pushing over? Yeah, creep? he did. Looking back now, yeah, yeah. Which that was weird. That, it's that funny because the NBL promotes it and he gets suspended. But um, yeah, yeah he kind of just that. So that got one game suspension. Peatling, is, yeah, I, I believe so. And a full punch gets nothing. I. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to compare like some incidents. I mean, here, didn't but... Josh Children? I mean, this is like oh, okay. No, oh, now we're getting it's into like a decade ago, ago. Now, now I'm old. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness! But like, ten wasn't that ago. like no games? And he got ejected. Childress, the elder. Yeah, I swear nah, he, he got, got like he zero got games. Suspended. That was horrific. What he did on court. That would that would get someone arrested. What he did there. Um, but either way, that should be a suspended. A lot of people saying Baines. Flopped. Um, Rubbish. The, like, when you get punched, you know you get punched. Like, I don't understand this. Matter. Australia basketball fans have absolutely turned on Aaron Baines. That is like the most bewildering thing to me. I mean, obviously, the, the incident has some... Uh, at the start of the year with Ford makes some sort of sense where people are starting to, to have some hatred towards Baines. But you look at most of the comments uh, on the video and... Like they're saying, oh, he, he flopped. He's, you know, everyone's saying is is a real soft guy, Baines, and everything. It's, it's bewildering to see the Australian basketball community absolutely turn against such an icon of, um, of basketball in this country. It's unexplainable to me. I I don't get it. But um, other than that incident, like, what else has he done? So. I don't know. Interesting situation. Funny how Bands always gets into this, but let's talk about some more on-court stuff. Good. Uh, well, that was on-court stuff, but basketball, yeah. the game itself. Uh, Illawarra Hawks, we've got to keep mentioning this team and the man himself, Justin Tatum. Um, I think I'm about to put a post up. Probably will be already out when the podcast uh, comes out too. But under Jacobus, the Hawks went from, from the start of the 22-23 season until Jacobus got fired, the Hawks were 5-32. and 32. Absolutely unreal, right? Justin Tatum has won his fifth game already in just his seventh game, so 5-2. and two. Um, Unbelievable stuff 
um, what a coaching change can actually do. And I, and this is why we got rid of the hot take segment because one of my last ones was saying when Tatum got hired, they wouldn't win a game under him. Well, Tatum has <laughs> has absolutely shown <laughs> shown me the, you know, he's he is five and two with this Hawks team. Um, to be fair, they've played some teams that have been injured and and out of form, but. You look at it that win against Sydney, against Perth, and um, like either way, they're they're smashing the Phoenix. They were pretty well smashing that Adelaide team um, throughout the in that second half, start of the third. They're a different franchise, and to put the the icing on the cake of how good the Hawks are right now, five five K plus people on New Year's Eve. It's so great yeah. to see. We saw saw last year, like even at the start of this year. There was, there's been a few games where there's been like 2,000, maybe under 2,000 people rock up to the Win Entertainment Center. And to see 5,000 plus people uh, rocking up to, to see the Hawks get Ws is so good for the league. Like that is so, like, can't describe the words of, of how good it is for, for the NBL to, to have that sort of success for the Illawarra Hawks. So hopefully it continues. Um, the way they're playing, he, he's just absolutely turned this team around. He's getting the the best out of um, guys like Sam Froling. Like I don't think I've seen Sam Froling play better basketball um, since Gorgian was was coaching them. Um, I'm I'm trying to think who else has been good. Oldbridge has been solid as of recently, and I think more importantly, um, their imports like Justin Robinson is playing some great basketball. Gary Clark has been consistent uh, since Turner's uh, been in. So that was probably Swakla Bullock against Adelaide. That was Swakla Bullock's yep. best. Uh, game in general, offensively and defensively, like he's just uh such a key figure in that team. Um, but I enough of me rambling about the Hawks. How do you feel about Tatum's tenor so far? And should he get the contract extension now? Should they put the deal on the table right now, Jackson? No, because Gorgian said he may be coaching domestically. <laughs> we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, we will. But wait, this is. I'm not sure how long, how much longer this honeymoon period is going to last, but it's just wait. But this is my question now. It's, I think he's past it now. Like he's won five games. Jackman's won five games in one and a half years. Um, like this is this is a different Hawks team. This is like oh they're getting lucky wins. Like they are getting some really solid wins. They're playing some really good basketball at the moment, and um. I think it is now to, I've said the last few weeks to hold it off, but I personally think it's time. Sure. But Gorge is available. So hold. <laughs> um, no, but like if any other circumstances, yes, go ahead, do it. But like, I'm still tentative to say like, you've got the keys. So where do, where do you think the Hawks are at right now? In terms of ladder or in terms of like their performance, so you're saying they they haven't got a they're not playing good enough basketball. Well, why do you not think Tatum deserves it yet? You still think they're now because it's a interim coach performing yeah. well at a yes. team who he's only just taken over from, right? But he's won five games now. This isn't like oh a couple couple wins. Like he's like this is a different team. We're seven games deep now. I know, but. I just fear that once they put pen to paper, they'll have a similar situation 
to the whole Giacomus stuff and like what what many Australian sporting teams, not just basketball, but many Australian sporting teams go through when they have this guy who's the interim head coach while they're looking for an actual head coach perform so well that they just re-sign him instead of hiring somebody with a bit more experience. Like that is just my is, thing. We normally set it off two games. Like I'm saying this is he's won five out of seven games now. He's been Sydney, he's been Perth. Like they won five games under Jackmas. He's already up to that stage. Um, I think I didn't say it last week, but now I think it's like watching that Adelaide game too. I know Adelaide's not the best team in the comp, they're the worst team in the comp, but like the way they are playing, they are totally different. And I think like the players want to be on it. It's not the, the matter, oh, they're just getting some wins under this honeymoon period. They want to play under Tatum. They want to be a part of that organization right now. They love what he's doing. You you hear Gary Clark um, talk about him. I think it was after the game when yeah when Tatum got hired, and he has so much respect for him as a coach. And I think it just makes sense now to pull the trigger on on him and and give him this contract extension because it, it's not about like the performance is good too, but he's loved as a character. And I think that didn't happen with Jackmus and, and the players. There was no real connection between that. They have that with Justin Tatum, and they needed jump on that quick. You say Gorgian and all this available, why try and find another guy out there to to create a new relationship? You got it. Let's build upon it for next year. Get it done, in my opinion. Sure, that, that's what you believe. I've got what <laughs> I believe, but like uh, genuinely, if they make if they make the top six, sign him. But do not do anything until you they absolutely know. They finish seventh. If they finish seventh, as in like they were close to making it, or finish seventh and they aren't close to making it, because if there's they a difference. Seventh, well, what, what's no. your what's your point? They have to finish in top six, even if they play some really good basketball and still finish seventh. You think if uh, they, yeah, like you know, it's either plain or nothing for me. Okay, like that. That's it. But Sorry, like, I'd... if they if they miss out on a game. Like it's a game, or they miss out on percentage. Sure, sign the guy. But like, if it's, you know, if yeah. you know, two yeah. games, three games, so Fair on enough. and so forth. You Fair know, enough. just look for looks for somebody else. Fair enough. Um, I'm sorry, the, this thunderstorm is going absolutely oh, yeah. berserk. So if you hear it, that's Melbourne for you. Uh, it's what is it? I'm waiting for the Wi-Fi to be cut out. Actually, second <laughs> of January, but we're going here. We're still going. Um. In that game as well for the 36ers, they're bright positive. I mean, I don't know why they don't just keep throwing the ball to Isaac Humphreys, but Trey Kell, unreal performance from him, triple-double. Um, that was just kind of out of nowhere because I was looking at the box score. I'm like, there's nothing of note. And then <laughs> Trey Kell finishes the game with a triple-double out of nowhere. Um, first triple-double this season. Um, they're very rare to come in the NBL. I, I, can, I think I can name every player in the 10-minute era. I think it's... Cedric Jackson, you got Lamelo, um, Giddy, McDowell, White, Sykes, Cooks, Kel. I think Kel's the yep. seventh player in the ten minute era to get a triple double. Yeah. So it is very rare to come by, um, and he did it in a, in a, in an odd kind of way. But um, kudos to him. But. Just just wanted to note it out. And you got anything to say about that triple double about the Adelaide 36ers, Jackson? Well, I was watching the game. The game was over, but I wanted to see Trey Kell get a triple double. So I was riding every single possession for the past two minutes because 
I think with two minutes to go, he needed an assist and a rebound. He had like three assists within 90 seconds. And then with 30 seconds to go, he got the rebound and then it was done. But like, it was so close to, to not yeah. getting it. But um, look, look, good for him. But um, Ad- Adelaide still aren't great. Like, no, you look cool. at their roster, you look at the the the, the um, offense that they play, you look at the defense that they play, they're not good. What what well, they just, should do is just feed the ball to Isaac Humphries and let him yes. pass around and, you know, play through him in the post. He's their like, best player, 100%, yeah. by, by far. Um, And this is what's why Humphreys hasn't been in that MVP. Like, we, we've seen him be in that MVP form when yeah. he was playing with Giddy, when he was playing with a proper point guard. Um, Funny, I was under Connor Henry. But, um, like, he can be an elite player in this league. When I mean elite, I mean like a top five big man in the NBL and um, even top three. Um, but it's just not utilized in the correct way. I, I thought that game, that was the best way Adelaide tried to utilize, utilize him. But like give it to him in the post. Like there's not many guys that are going to be able to defend him. Um, there's not not too many crazy um, bigs that can defend in this league, um, especially local-wise. So Keep throwing that ball to Isaac Conferees. Um, but my question here now is, Jackson, who is Adelaide's next coach? Um, we, As we said, we said Gorgian wants to coach again in 2025. Um, and I think the only th- reason he would go to Adelaide, the only reason he would go to Adelaide um, is if he's starting. The only thing that it would attract him is that fresh plate. Zero yeah. players on that roster. Um, maybe other than Vasilievich. Does he want Vasilovic? Who knows? But this this is this may be attractive for a lot of coaches, not not even Gorgian, but for a lot of coaches, because their plan is to probably get rid of Detch, to get rid of uh McCarran. Um, who knows with Humphreys? Kadee's only been there for a year, I guess, but um like literally start on a fresh plate. Maybe the only player they keep is Nick Marshall, um as a SA boy. But like that may appeal to a guy like Gorgian, who, as we saw when he went to Illawarra, the reason he went to the Hawks is because zero players were contracted because they they went under. So they had zero players contracted. He could sign his roster. I think he only kept two or three players. It was like Sam Froling. He Frohling kept Sam Froling and Emmett he kept Nah, Yenar nah and Greta. Greta. Yeah, those and were Conrad. Three. Well, a few, yeah. Well, Conrad but, retired, came out of retirement, retired, yeah, came much, out yeah. of retirement again. Yeah. So, um, will Adelaide get Gorgian? Probably not. I mean, he, he, he does say he wants to coach domestically, but, um, yeah, the question begs, like, who should they go for? Because Ninnis, Ninnis and Tatum are two, two different things. I think it, after we've gone through this five, I think we're at the point now where we can determine if, these guys should stay or not. I say Tatum should stay. Scott Ninnis, um, they they need someone else. And who do you suggest, Jackson? What do they need? Anybody that can cope with their stupid ownership. Mm. G- genuinely, their ownership sucks. E- ever since Grant Kelly has taken over this team, they've sucked. Mm. Right? He, like what they've done in, you know, and now it's not happening, but like they're saying bench McCarran, bench Sunday Dench, Bench Kitty, bench Humphreys, don't play him in a single minute. Like, that is just ridiculous, right? 
So hey, look at that game against Perth where they got absolutely demolished. It was this yeah. round, wasn't it, where they played Perth? Uh, it was yeah, last. Was, was it this? No, it was last round because Perth played in Melbourne and then they played. No, it was this round. Yeah, it was this round. What am I saying? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, they they got absolutely demolished, and you're just thinking, why aren't you putting Sunday Detch on? We've seen for the last three years now that. Bryce Connor has always struggled the most against the 36ers because of Sunday Detch. He is always able to shut down Cotton, hold him to like under 15 points, and they didn't put him on him, and they end up losing by 20 points because they just don't want to utilize the players, the best player, the better players, I guess, on their roster. So a lot happening. And, and the the other reason I bring this up, Trevor Gleason, assistant coach, Milwaukee Bucks, good to see him back in the NBA. Um, but Adelaide probably wanted to go for him too. They're probably like, damn, missed out on him. Gleason would have never gone there. No. He, he, you know, ownership. Like, that's the one thing. When Gleason was at Perth, he had Jack Bender, who is yep. probably the best owner the league's ever seen, or one of. And like, yeah. you, and like, he was right on him all the time. But like, Grant Kelly's just a terrible owner and he controls the team way too much. And he, you know, the the stupid thing about basketball is basketball is controlled half the time by non-basketball people and they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Like yeah. we see it in the NBA. We see it, you know, all over the world when front office people who aren't basketball people who are only there because the owner likes them make, make decisions. Like, yeah. And I so. mean, shout out to, to Gleason though, to be back yeah. in the NBA again, assistant coach for the Bucks, one of the best teams in the league right now. Um, so good to see, and it's it's crazy to see because, um, I think it was maybe early twenty tens before he went to Perth. I I remember as a Tigers fan, him he was there for a year at the Melbourne Tigers as head coach, and he got sacked by none other than Larry Kesselman. Funnily enough, um, oh worst God. decision he's made in the last fifteen years. But um, he got sacked after one year, and he like you think at that point, he he wouldn't be. What a five-time NBL! How many rings did he win in Perth? Four, five, five. I think in the NBA, uh, it was 2014, 2016, 2017, 2019, 2025. Yeah, it's crazy. Like where, like we forget Gleason was a great coach at Townsville too. But like when he finished yeah. at Melbourne, I remember that. I'm like, oh, he's he's got to be a nothing coach. But he well, the main reason why he was sacked from Melbourne is because. That was when the ownership change happened from whoever it was before to Kesselman. To Kesselman yeah. So, yeah. Uh, on the boomers as well. Staying kind of NBA, Duop Reef, Dante Exum, Josh Green, all in form at the moment. Even Josh Giddy is had a good game uh, this week. Um, but quickly ask, who do you have right now as your boomers starting five? People always love to talk about it week in, week out, but we haven't said it in a while. And with all these players in form at the moment, um, I think it's a good reason to bring it up. Who do you have as your starting five? I don't want a full roster. I just want a starting five right now. Okay. Um, this is with Simmons playing. So it's Giddy. You can laugh about, about my floor spacing, but it's Giddy, Exum, Green, Simmons, Duop. That is... It's It's... I don't know how fans react to having Mills like as not a starter. I think it's vile. I think it's absolutely evil to have Paddy Mills coming off the bench. Yes, he's not in form. Yes, he's not playing every game for the Atlanta Hawks right now. 
But we're talking about Paddy Mills here. Like, this guy is a different piece when it comes to FIBA basketball, Jackson. So, as well, he is our only shooter. Yeah, you can say XM has been shooting the ball really well recently. Uh, Green can at times. Uh, Giddy had his career high in threes in his last game. Four three-pointers made. Um, and Dorbrief is, is shooting the ball well. Yes, he got all these shooters, but you need Mills in that starting five. He's the so best who shooter. are you replacing him so with? So my starting five, Jackson... Is um, it's it's tough because Simmons is like there's no other power forward at the moment to to really pick. That really um, stands out, yeah. And I've I've thought about it in my head. What if it was a Reef Lander? But I said no, I don't want to start both. So I am gonna go with Giddy Mills, Exum, Simmons. Wreath uh, at the moment, and my first sub is Josh Green or Joe Ingles for for Giddy, and creates floor spacing around Simmons. Um, and this is the good thing, like with Reef and Landau, they're like stretch big, so it doesn't really matter who you can start. But like you could, you could go big there. You could go Simmons and have like. Landell and Reef both and have Simmons at the point and have like maybe Josh Green and Ingles. Um, there's some funky lineups you can now put out there. Um, but I say Exum start at three with Mills and Giddy. Um, it's just, and Reef I think starts over Landell right now, but yep. that four spot, like it's just hard with Simmons, like how he fits into this team. He's not a, really a four, he's best at point guard. Um, and you kind of got that in Giddy. So uh, it's tough. It's really tough right now. But those saying Gideon Mills don't start um, is bewildering to me. Like, these two guys are, are backcourt. And um, as much as people didn't rate them, I thought they were I thought they were good. I thought they were a good combo at times. And um, it's just a matter of caution getting at the work. But I think excellent that serves to start in this team now. Whether that be the one, two, or three, um, I want to see him start. Rapid questions. Here we go. Will Melbourne struggle this month on the road? Who do they have? So they lost to Cairns. They, I think they play New Zealand. Uh, they play Sydney this week. And when you mean struggle, do you, I know it's rapid five, but when you mean struggle, do you mean lose like half their games or like just lose struggle, more than half? Just lose a bit of form. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, is Matt Nielsen the next Boomers head coach? Yeah. Because we know Gorgian is finishing in, in 2024 this year. Uh, is Nielsen the next head coach? Yes. Uh, does Trenton Flowers need another year in the NBL? Um, yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, this isn't a yes or no, actually. What is Sam Meninga's high ceiling in his career? Like what league or like what level can you get to? Like marquee. Euro Cup, Euro, Euro Cup. Cup. Can you get to marquee level in a, as a local in the NBL? No, I don't believe so. Uh, can Brisbane still make the top six? I know they mathematically can, but do you believe they can make the top six? Do I think that they can? Do I think it's a possibility? Yeah, sure. Do I believe? No. Fair enough. Right. After a long week of NBL action, no break since the 23rd, have a few days off, 
couple of days off and then back at it on Thursday. So let's let's do the tips for next week, shall we? For twenty twenty four Sydney, Melbourne, obviously the game around in Sydney on Thursday night. Who are you going in this one? Melbourne. Sorry, my lights are flickering. Uh, yeah, Melbourne. it happened to me earlier. Don't worry about it. Nothing's uh, happening here in Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne. I'm going. Yeah, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, Illawarra Phoenix. My boy Justin in, Tatum in Wollongong, Illawarra. In I'm in in Wollongong. I'm going with the boys in the gong, Illawarra Hawks. They got to pick up the win. Um. This is not a bad game either. This will really determine how well these teams are sit at the moment. But Tassie cans in Tassie. I reckon Tassie will bounce back. Yeah, I think so too. I think Tassie will get the win. Uh, and Adelaide, Melbourne, do we need to ask it? Uh, next question. Yeah, okay. That's, they I were close say, last time. I will say, yeah, last time they played... It was it was much closer than anybody expected, um, but and also a fan went onto the court and stretched out DJ's hamstring, um, but I, I I can't see Adelaide winning. Uh, oh man, there's some really good games this round. New Zealand Perth in uh, Auckland Spark Arena. That is a really good game as well. That is a really good game. Uh, Ty oh. Webster's a twenty point bomb. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go Perth. Perth bias, you going Perth? I, I just think Perth are a more complete team at the moment. Like I'm I mean, liking the form I, of New Zealand. This is going to be a very close game, I will say that. But so New Perth. Zealand have been good. Yeah, I'm gonna say New Zealand here. I'm gonna yeah, say New Zealand. Fair They're enough. in some really good form. Uh Sydney, Brisbane in Sydney. Sydney. Um, look, this could be a danger game for Sydney, because they're they're a team that could just just Lose somehow in some fashion. I but mean, their defense they should win is that. very wishy-washy. Yeah. So they should win that, though. Surely they should win that. If they want any chance of being a true championship contender, they have to win games like that at home against Brisbane. But this Brisbane, did we say Brisbane played earlier this round, or is this Brisbane's first game of the round? Uh, is their first game of the round? So maybe so Casey Prather debut. Uh, should be surely he should have played last yeah. game, but but they ended I, up I reckon anyway. Sydney would win. Regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, anyway, you got anything to add before we sign off? Um, Melbourne, NBL basketball fans, strap yourselves in for a good 41 days of no basketball in Melbourne. It's uh, it's going to be a long road. 41? No, no, no. We got a, the It's 41 since center. their last home game to their next home game. What about the State Accounted. Basketball Centre? In, in... Oh, yeah, then that's right. <laughs> You're wrong. I forgot about that. That's in a couple of weeks. I should I should change that. Melbourne United basketball fans. Uh yeah, either way, it's there's like three and a half thousand people that can go to, to the Phoenix games. Yeah. So they need a bigger stadium out there at State Basketball. It's in a way too small. But um anyway, thanks guys for tuning in. Let's hope this year of NBO action is just as big as last year's. Uh thanks for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>